on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Chris Plank joins us to preview the Women's College World Series. He gives us the latest on OU softball, but also gives us a scouting report on all the other teams playing in Oklahoma City. We talk some OU football by breaking down what the end of the dead period means and what OU's plan is for the month of June. We finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, June 3rd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently vote, voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with the, their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in June from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 summer vacation promotion. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this on Wednesday night, recording a little later than normal, Ted. T-ball was on the docket. What, what happened? Give, it, give, me the, give me the breakdown. Well, we had a, you know, we've, we've had weather delays and, and postponed games. So we've got a week here that's packed full of, very, very important league games, okay? And first of all, we, we got a late start. The game before us went late, so everyone's bringing their bu- uh, best stuff down the stretch. So we played a game, started late, went into extra innings. What? And I got to tell you, I am the proudest father you could ever imagine right now. Um, we got the win. My son scored the winning run. He was he was destroying the baseball tonight. Destroying the baseball. Was running the bases great. He had a laser beam from left field to second base for an out. Uh, right on the money. Unbelievable throw. He, he was a superstar. It was amazing. Scored the winning run. It was awesome. That that makes me so happy. All right. Proud Papa, man. Proud Papa. I'm so happy for you. And I'm happy for your son, too, because 
full disclosure, you had you had some doubts about the kid's athletic ability at one point in time. The, in, it's, it comes in flashes. Let me just tell you, okay? <laughs> there's there's some long spans of like frustrating moments, but then, man, I'm telling you, he's come a long way in a season of T-ball. I'm proud of him. I really am. I on top of all of that, did not make anyone cry at first base. It's a total win. That's that sounds like a perfect night. Perfect. Look night. at you. The weather was beautiful. It was amazing. Great job, Ted. Great oh, job, coach. We had the first uh, uh, birth certificate check on my son. Uh, not really, but the coaches were like. There's no way that kid is six, right? And I was like, "Yeah, it's my son. He's he's six. <laughs> Did you just like show him how thick your neck was? And you're like, "Yeah, he's six, bro." Did Did you flex uh, your traps and flex a little bit? I was you're like, like yeah. He's yeah, six, brother." No, that it was it was funny though. I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, wait till Here, you see him run. You'll you'll probably take your take that back. You'll say." Here's yeah, an six. idea. So when I was young, uh, I played on an AAU basketball team. We had a lot of big kids. A lot. Uh, went and played. We we like were competing at the AAU national championships. Went to the final four a couple of times. Played in the championship game. We were, I mean, we were legit. At one point, we had warm up like shooting shirts printed with our birth certificates <laughs> on them. Uh, I thought you were going to say like you guys had a binder that had a ball in there. Oh no, we had that too. But our our parents got so tired of it printed the uh, birth certificates that is on hilarious. t-shirts. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just store that away. You, you may need to use it. Okay. On this episode, we've got our man, Chris Plank talking women's college world series. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts and let us know who you want us to try to get on the podcast. Dad, let's get to the OU football stuff after 15 months. And what I assume was a ridiculous amount of Zoom calls, the dead period in college football has finally ended. As a result, one of the most chaotic months in the history of college football recruiting is off to the races. Staffs are having to balance everything that comes with the recruiting process, official visits, unofficial visits, hosting camps, going to other camps, going to see players uh, across the country at their schools in person, all while keeping an eye on the transfer portal that has become very, very important in college football. The staffs are also having to decide if slash how they will utilize a new rule that has been put in place that allows them to put recruits through an NFL draft visit style workout on campus so they can see what a kid's got in person. But other than that, there's really nothing going on. I, I'm ex- I am excited for the kids, uh, uh, especially that workout thing. It's the the idea is that it will allow kids to get in, it evaluated in person without having to participate in a camp that they would have to pay for. I'm happy for the kids. I'm happy they get to go see schools, but damn, this sounds awful for the coaches. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, it does. It's. Whew. There's a lot going on, and it's it, you're going from there's no like ease into it period. Like we're gonna allow this, and then we'll allow that. It's like the bucket has been dumped on them, and 
it's going to be wild. The NFL draft visit, the workout thing, I honestly, I think it's great. I think it's going to, I think it's really going to help coaches get a better feel for how a kid moves. You can watch all the tape and, and everything that you want, but if you can't get there and put him through a couple of movement drills, just some easy stuff to, to see how they move and how they function and how coachable they are learning a new drill, then, um, you know, I, I, I just, I think it's going to be great for everyone involved. It, it is, uh, you cannot, you're, it's going to be harder to hide your way into a scholarship though. You know, it's like when you show up, instead of just being wined and dined and shown around campus and everyone telling you how great you are, going to be a little bit of pressure on these kids to show up and perform well. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it's going to be really interesting to see what programs utilize this, right? I, I talked to some of the guys on the OU staff, and as far as their plan when it comes to those individual workouts for players, they've talked through it. They've got a plan in place. And I think they're going to do it on a very, very limited basis if they do it at all. Now, it's great that if they see a kid and they say, okay, we haven't been able to evaluate in person, they can get him into a workout with a position coach, a couple other the position coaches watching, and they can all see how he moves, see what he does. That That is a great it, – it is a great process to be able to utilize – but with everything they've got going on in the month of June, with all that stuff we talked about, it's got to happen. Like working those workouts in for just one guy, because it can only be one guy. You can't put it, it can't be like a group of guys. Right. So putting one guy through that workout and having all those coaches be there, or even one coach be there, like that's taking away from them doing something else. So it's, it's just going to be hard. And I, I think it'll be difficult for a lot of a lot of programs to decide, okay, what kind of kid is worth this amount of time when we are trying to jam-pack all of this stuff into June. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, you have way more evaluation on a kid now than you've ever had with some of the, the taped camps where they've got video cameras there where – you know, there's there's really good competition going up against one another. You've got huddle film. You've got seven on seven camps that are that are on film. I mean, you've got way more access than you've ever had. You've got camps that kids go to and get 40 times and height and weight that you trust that is trustworthy. So there's there's way better evaluation than there's ever been. But um, I would say it's an opportunity for local kids, maybe that you can get eyes on a local kid a little bit better that is easier to maybe show up that can just drive up and get a workout in whenever there's time to do it instead of an out-of-state kid where it's a big ordeal to get them in and, and get them worked out and everything. So I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's just a nice tool to have if you need it. Teddy, what the hell do you know? about a local kid showing up to a camp and impressing with a performance. I mean, you have, you sound crazy. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Hey, I'll tell you that. I mean, and that's things have changed obviously, but you know, these, that's how important these camps are is uh, 
you get a chance to see some kids that you wouldn't have seen before. I mean, there's a, there's kind of a list of people that, that everyone is high on and it has offers and everyone knows about, but there, there are some people out there that, you know, for whatever reason, just haven't been, been seen or, or whatever. And you, you get a chance to see those kids in person. And maybe they're from Fort Gibson and they end up being a star. You never know. So OU's plan for June, uh, it sounds like a bunch of members of the staff are going to go to SMU's camp this weekend. And supposedly there's supposed to be like 5,000 kids at this camp, like just an absurd amount. Now, OU will have their own camps this month. And since they still couldn't have recruits on campus for the spring game, they're essentially combining their two biggest recruiting events into one. So now the champ U barbecue becomes very, very important this year. There were some discussions of trying to go big for this thing. And I even think there, there may have been some talks with the city of Norman trying to organize a few things, but that really didn't end up materializing. So, they are going to do what they've done the last couple of years. Uh, they're going to have the barbecue. Uh, they're going to do, I don't know if this is the proper term, but it's kind of like a scavenger hunt, which the kids have really enjoyed in the past. They're going to have the big, nice dinner at Lincoln Riley's house, which, as you can imagine, it's a nice house. But it's it's going to be pretty standard for Oklahoma. Right. I mean, I don't think they're doing anything crazy. They didn't do midnight madness or any of that stuff. They're just saying, hey, we we've got this formula that's worked for us well. We're just going to really pour a lot of resources into that and work on developing relationships with these big time recruits. And that's coming up. What is that? Not this coming weekend, but the following the champion barbecue. Is that right? It's the mid. It's always the middle of June, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be big. You know, uh, you've got to take advantage of some of the things like this because obviously the the Nebraska game was like the big recruiting game during the season, and that's maybe going to be more difficult. So you've got to really stress to maybe get some other kids in at a different time. So it's crazy. This is this is the part of coaching college football that separates the men from the boys and the good programs from the, the mediocre, the teams that can recruit that enjoy it, that love the process that have good ideas and follow through on them and, and can get these kids done through here in an organized fashion and see as many kids as possible over a, a pretty short time frame. And Oklahoma's done a really good job with that. So I expect this year would be no different. I, I have a feeling about halfway through June, these guys are going to be asking for Zoom calls again, though, instead of what they're going to be doing all over the country. Yeah, they're they're going to be like, "Hey, can I just get can I just get like a a pullout bed in the office? I'm just going to sleep here if you don't mind." It it does sound like June, I, and I don't I don't feel bad for college football coaches. They make a lot of money doing this, but it does sound like this is going to be a grind unlike any other that uh, we've really seen in the recruiting process for these coaches. And, ooh, boy, I can't – there's going to be some great anonymous quotes in some articles towards the end of June. I oh, can't this wait. this is the dumbest thing ever. We should have been – yeah. I, hey, I will say this, though, one one quick thing before we move on from the recruiting. I 
this is the first time that DeMarco Murray is going to be able to get out and be in front of kids. And this is where he's going to shine. Like, this is the reason. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons, but Lincoln brought him on because of obviously that star power and being able to get in front of these kids in the flesh and have uh, an all-time great like him be at these camps, take kids and their parents around on a visit, whatever that is, this is where he's going to shine. Walk into your living room and you're like, oh, that's that's what an NFL running back looks like. Got it. Okay, cool. Yep. It's going to be big. Yeah. We could, you, you can never have too many great running backs. So just, just bring them all, DeMarco. Just round them up. Let's roll. Okay, one other OU thing. The National Football Foundation and College Football Hall of Fame announced the 2022 ballot, and there are two former Sooners on the ballot. They are Roy Williams, who was a unanimous All-American, finished seventh in voting for the Heisman Trophy, won the Nagurski, won the Thorpe, obviously a national champion. And Josh Heupel is the other. He was player of the year by the AP, Walter Camp, Sporting News, and CBS was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy and led his team to an undefeated season and a national championship. My question for you, Ted, is if guys with credentials like that aren't in the College Football Hall of Fame, then what the hell is the College Football Hall of Fame for? I don't I understand. Yeah, it's tough. There's there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of really good football players. They're going to make it. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of when. Um, I got no doubt that both those guys are going to be in. It's hard to narrow it down, um, but yeah, Roy Williams, Josh Heupel, both those guys are going to make it. There's no doubt about it. Um, is it going to be this year? Maybe so. Next year, not sure. But both of those players are eventually going to be in there. There's there's zero doubt in my mind. So for our call your shot question. Uh, we threw out there what OU player that is not in the College Football Hall of Fame should be in. Uh, first one comes from Kurt Crawford on Twitter. He says Adrian Peterson. Oklahoma has two players in both college and the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, McDonald and Selman. AD, parentheses, don't call him AP. Duh. I mean, who do you think we are, Kurt? Chill, man. AD will be the third and for Peterson, it just seems like one of those things where he's still playing. So, did they just not Talking do it while like, they're still playing? Yeah, I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily a rule, but at some point they're going to have to break that rule because I feel like he's gonna, just going to play until he's 50. Uh, but, yeah, Adrian Peterson, he's eventually going to make it. Um, I don't – you know, there's some, there's some really interesting names, and – I, I don't know really what the threshold necessarily has to be, but in my opinion, um, I think one of the guys that had one of the best years that I've ever seen was Torrance Marshall. And I know he's a junior college guy and only played two years here, but you look at what he did in that run to that national championship, uh, Orange Bowl MVP as a linebacker, um, just a fantastic season, uh, and I'm biased. He's he's one of my favorite players uh, of all time at OU. But there's some diamonds in the rough for sure. Guys that had tremendous careers that you could easily make the case for. 
Yeah, so we did get a lot of responses. Torrance Marshall wasn't on any of them, but we did get quite a few for this guy named Teddy Lehman. You walked right into this, Lehman. I I will offer up my spot to number 10. Payson Slater. Payson, what a name. Never, I don't think I've ever heard that name. Payson says Teddy Lehman, point blank, period. Two time All American, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Chuck Bednarik Award winner, winner of the Dick Trophy, too. That's what, that's how we phrase that. Nice. He says also on the underrated receiving end of one of the best defensive plays in Sooner history, Teddy Lehman is Oklahoma defense. Well, that I totally disagree with, but I sure appreciate that. Are you calling Payson a liar? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, I, hey, I'm more than happy to be associated with OU defense, but I am not OU defense. Well, Nathan Mangrum says the fact that you aren't in the is a crime against football. Yeah, he says, Teddy Lehman, the fact that he isn't in is a crime against football. Any other ones on there? <laughs> there yeah, in, in all seriousness, there was a lot of Teddy Lehman responses. And maybe it's just because you're, you're on the podcast, but you know that I've been beating this drum. Listen to me, National Football Foundation. Yeah, you're going to sit through this, Lehman. It is time. And I'm, I, I know the selection process is weird. The school's involved in all this stuff. I, I don't want to hear it. Put put the man in the Hall of Fame. Look at the resume. Put the man in the College Football Hall of Fame. Number one, because I want to go and get drunk <laughs> and do all the fun stuff and ride his coattails. But number two, look at the resume. Come on. I've said I was piece. hey, I was lucky to play for great coaches and with great teammates, Gabe. That's it. That's it. Product of the environment. You were also really damn good. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring this up if you weren't good at football. Well, like if you were just some slappy. Like I would, I, I would hey, never I appreciate that. I would I never, like I would never start a campaign for myself to get into the <laughs> college football hall of fame because, like you know, I was you know I was a solid player, hall of fame. No, 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 no. But you were like You're the most dominant guy at your position. Game. Come on. You were the most dominant guy at your position two years in a row. You the teams you played on were awesome, like the best era of OU football, obviously. Post hmm. post wishbone. Now that you put it that way, I'm con- I think I'm convinced. I think you've talked me into it. I thank you. Okay, now let's move on. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Let's get to Chris Plank. But first, First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And don't forget to send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. 
They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, let's talk some Women's College World Series. Here's our man, Chris Plank. It is our pleasure to be joined by the voice of Oklahoma softball. You can also catch him on the call for essentially every game of the Women's College World Series on Westwood One. Chris Plank, the Plankster, is in the house. What's up, Plank? What's up, guys? Long time no chat. It's been um, I listen to every show, so I feel caught up. But um, I miss you guys. I haven't seen Ted in a while. We work at the same radio station, but you know he's off at the lake. You and I used to do XM every day, but obviously it's a modified schedule during the summer. So it's fun to catch up, man. Excited to talk about a great sport and a great event this weekend. It it's is gonna be awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone is fired up for it. You got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in it. So the state of Oklahoma is super excited. Let's start with your Sooners, Plank. Uh, let's start with the number one team in the country. You've seen every game that they've played. In your opinion, are they playing their best softball coming off that super regional beat down to Washington? Are they playing their best softball of the season heading in to the Women's College World Series? I think Gabe, they're playing their most complete softball. Um, you know, it, I guess you could argue they've had better offensive performances. And, you know, maybe if you looked individually, you could find pitching performances better, maybe defensive performances better. But as a full team, you know, putting it all together, all three phases, offense, defense, and pitching, um, they've been incredible. And, you know, it's funny because we talk today, you know, as we tape this, we're getting ready for day one. And I'm doing Westwood one game. So we've been, I've been able to be in on about every interview with coaches today. And Patty said that the best pitcher this week has been the one that didn't step on the field during the super regional and G war. So you think that you've, <laughs> you've had a week, two weeks now, three weeks to where they've been playing their best ball coming. I think it started with the big 12 championship series and the two wins in Bedlam. And to think that their best pitcher um, historically is finally starting to come around is it's pretty exciting, I think, for Oklahoma Sooner softball fans. Well, I'm I'm totally confident in in Patty Gasso. I she's on top of that team. This team has a ton of experience. They've got championship level experience. But I do have to ask the question because it's James Madison. That's right. You know, a lot of people you see SEC, you see Pac twelve, you see Big Twelve. There's all these familiar softball names, and then you see James Madison. Right. And I know there's the thought out there that OU's going to show up and just destroy this team. And maybe that's true, but they've got a legit pitcher, a really good, really good pitcher that's an ace. There's not a chance that this team is going to sleepwalk into this game, right? No, not at all. You know, it's kind of – I was trying to think of a good comparison, and – you know, I think one hit me while we were while Gabe and I were just sitting around chilling, Ted, waiting after your victorious performance tonight from the Little League baseball team. And I'm sure you used those coaching tips that Coach Gasso gave you a few weeks ago to lead to that dub. <laughs> but um, 
it, it'd be like someone who never follows, uh, never follows college football and is like, boys, this UCF team, you know, they're not, they're not a good team. They're not the PAC 12, not the SEC. And the next thing you know, they go out and they're, they're beating everyone. That's kind of similar to this. James Madison is a Cinderella in the women's college world series, but this is the ninth straight year. They've been to the, to the postseason, which is huge for a mid-major. Um, they've gone to three super regionals now. Um, their head coach left for Auburn. And in four seasons now, Lauren Laporte has kind of taken them to another level. So, you know, I, I, I mean, again, you want to make comparisons to UCF. Scott Frost leaves. Josh Heupel jumps in. They don't skip a beat. That's kind of what's happening here. Um, and, and, of course, we'll see what Gus Malzahn does. But, you know, I mean, you get my point. They're really good. And they're not just Odyssey Alexander. They're a good hitting team. They've, they, they went and they won in Knoxville. They went and they won in Columbia. You know, they've beaten two SEC teams. There were 13 or 12 SEC teams in this tournament. So they're really good. You know, it's the first time since 2012 that a non-seeded team has made it, but they weren't a non-seeded team. They were good enough, and they just they didn't play deep enough schedules. So they've only played 41 games this year. You think about it, the Sooners have played 52 so it's, it's kind of unique and, you know, just how different their schedule has been based on the Colonial Athletic Association. But no, no, Ted, they're a Cinderella, but they're damn good, man. They're really good. Okay, so OU will run rule them in six, not in <laughs> right, five. Right, not five, in six. And it's funny because I was talking to Aaron Miller, and I, and I know we were trying to get Lowe to come on with us tonight too, Lauren Chamberlain, but I, I'm of the firm belief that, you know, I think Oklahoma's going to win. You know, I think college softball has been a lot like college basketball, right? And, I mean, hell, guys, you, all three of us had a chance to do shows together where you knew the inevitable was coming, right? Baylor and Gonzaga. I feel like we're leading towards an inevitable UCLA-Oklahoma rematch in the Women's College Championship Series, and – in a lot of ways, you know, James Madison is kind of like that Oklahoma in the second round for Gonzaga that you know can give you problems, but you also know that you're better than. But with, with that said, I wouldn't be surprised, Gabe, if Oklahoma beats James Madison and then they turn around and beat whomever they play in that loser's bracket game. I mean, that's how that's how good they can be. Um, the, the concern I have is if, I mean, for all of the Dukes fans that are listening today, the James Madison Dukes fans. We have, is, we have a lot of James Madison tons listeners. Of them. Everyone like, knows that. What are we talking softball? Can we get to recruiting? But no, um, from a James Madison perspective, Odyssey Alexander has only walked like 34 batters this year, and I am really am doing that off the top of my head. But 11 of those have come in, her, in two of her last three games. So maybe she's getting tired. Maybe it's wearing on her a bit. But no, this – yeah, this, there's a really good chance Oklahoma advances, but it might be more like their you know, Saturday game against Wichita State, their Friday game against Washington where you look up and it's like, whoa, it's 6-2 to two or 5-3 to three or something of that nature. James Madison University, guys. Harrisonburg, Virginia. That's right. That's right. I know we've got a lot of people listening up there in Harrisonburg, <laughs> Love Virginia. Harrisonburg. That's great, a great, fantastic great. town. Beautiful, beautiful campus. That's right. Jamie, beautiful. beautiful. Love the fall foliage up there. Okay, Plank, I'm a, I want to give you the chance to just, I mean, blow this narrative up. Go because ahead. Because we've heard it quite a bit from people that maybe haven't watched this team a whole lot. But the thought out there is this team is really good. Oh, you. 
but maybe they don't have the pitching to go all the way. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that's fair. If, if you haven't paid attention, because here's the thing that's amazing about their pitching is they haven't really needed their pitching to win a game for them. And that sounds crazy to think about a team that, you know, averages almost three home runs per game. Um, you know, that's, that's jet jetted past the program record for home runs on the, on the cusp of a, of a national home run record. They're scoring runs like crazy. Got the thing five is, girls over 400 hitting over 400. There you go. And I, I think sooner stats throughout an incredible number that they've got like six, six hitters that have hit 10 or more home runs this year, which is crazy. Um, but it's a fair, honestly, I, I mean, I say it tongue in cheek. If you haven't paid attention, it's fair because I think when you see that elite of an offense, right. And they're scoring runs like that. You're like, well, I mean, come on their Their pitching has got to be great. And when their pitching gives up a run, you know, there is a faction of people that are like, well, they suck, you know, or when they walk someone, it's like, well, they're not as good as Paige Parker. And you know, it's like, you're, you're trying to compare G. Juarez, Shannon Sale, and now Nicole May to the, the greatest pitchers that have ever pitched in the game, and, and they're not that. Um, the, the wild thing is their best pitcher, Ted, over the last three weeks has been a true freshman. And I know for a fact that the coaches have been hesitant to want to put too much on her plate. So I was blown away when she started the first game of the regional on Friday and she crushed it. Um, G Juarez hasn't been the same, but Patty told us today that she's been the best pitcher this week leading into the weekend. So it's not as if they don't have the talent, right? They have the talent. They have Juarez, who was the 2019 Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. Shannon Sale, who transferred in and throws as hard as any pitcher on the planet. Nicole May, who was just, She's 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 cool, calm, and collected as a freshman. It just hasn't been shown at a level that their offense has been shown at, or at a level that Washington was pitching at, or that I don't know. Um, maybe UCLA has been pitching at. But guess what? They're in the World Series. They have as much pitching talent as anyone, and it's not as if I mean, look, I mean, I I can pull their numbers up here in a second. But when you pull their numbers up and you see what their their pitching has done, you're like, wait people are really bitching about their pitching whenever you kind of see the numbers that are out there. You're like, what, what, what are we doing right now? What, what's actually happening right now? You know, you're looking at a staff who has, oh, here it is. I, I just pulled it up in the time that we've been sitting here. Their staff ERA is 1.90. You know, they're, they're 50 and two as a staff. They've struck out 367 batters and haven't even walked a hundred, you know, they, and they have three pitchers, they um, suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, pitching just not as good. So, you know, but if you compare it to Kalani Ricketts and Paige Parker, then you are going to complain. But, no, they're really good, and I think they're peaking at the right time. So you look at and not to look past James Madison, not to Never. disrespect the fine people of Harrisonburg, but you look at the potential of that Friday night matchup, which could be Bedlam. Right, it could be OU and Oklahoma State going at it if both of them win. Now Oklahoma State has to get through Georgia, and it's interesting. Aren't those the two teams that have beaten OU? Yeah, that's right. Yep, Yep. absolutely, absolutely. Amazing how that worked out, isn't it? But you know, they've also beat other than James Madison. They've also beat the other two teams, you know, in their bracket. So I don't think anyone else really can say that. That's in the tournament. So, so at least they've seen them. Okay, but. 
Plank, how fun would that be? Uh, a Friday night bedlam matchup. And it, it seems like that's exactly what Kenny Gajewski, the coach there at Oklahoma State, wants, right? Yeah, he, he does. And we had it in 2019. And, you know, I've, I've said it a lot. It was hands down, without a doubt, one of the coolest environments I've ever been a part of in, in anything. Now, I, I think you put football aside, right? Because there's not much that can match OU Texas when it's full and guys we've been at. Yeah, I mean, sh- sh- shoot, all three of us have been on the sidelines together in some way, shape, or form. Teddy, you and I in Knoxville, Gabe, you know, you and I in Waco, whenever they had that great game. So we've all been a part of major environments. But as far as a non-football game, when Oklahoma played Oklahoma State in 2019, you had Samantha Shaw for Oklahoma State and Sid Romero. I mean, it was it was rocking. And Oklahoma State fans getting into it. So I think if you're USA Softball, you want to see that. If you're the NCAA, you want to see that. Everybody wants to see that. So I'm just – I'm hoping it happens. I Here's what I worry about, though, is – and, and uh, again, this might be me getting a little bit too inside the numbers, but I just – I really think that Mary Wilson-Avent can give Oklahoma State all kinds of problems. And she's, she's their pitcher. She's the one that – shut down Oklahoma, only allowing them, you know, seven runs, whatever it was. So she's, she's really good. And with her and Carrie Eberly going at it on Thursday morning, that's going to be fun. But I do think that Oklahoma and Oklahoma state are going to play again on Friday night, because if you win, you play on Friday. Uh, if you lose, you don't play again until Saturday, but I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma state are going to be playing again on Friday. night. I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. It's going to be something that sports in this state wants, needs, and, and can't wait for so Oklahoma's the favorite, and then I believe Alabama and UCLA are odds are tied there at second and third, and then I think Oklahoma State is next. How do you compare like this total field? Like, is this a deep field this year? I mean, obviously there's there's some top heavy teams, o- o- OU, UCLA, but as an overall group, is this a is this a really good deep tournament field? Yes, and I would say, Ted, it's a diverse field, too, because as I brought up, you have a little bit of everything. You know, softball gets dinged because it seems it caters more towards the SEC now, and historically it was the Pac-12. But, you know, as I brought up, in eight teams, you have, you know, an, an ACC representative. You have two from the Big 12, two from the Pac-12 two from the SEC, and then one from the Colonial Athletic Association, your mid-major. So you've got everything. And you've got star power. UCLA has, you know, everyone wants to talk about Maya Brady because that's Tom Brady's what niece. But you also have Rachel Garcia, who is a, you know, 18-time finalist for player of the year because it seems like she's been in college forever. And Bubba Nichols, you know, one of the more fascinating players who, you know, they're Kelly and press told us today that she's hundred percent ready to go. Um, you know, you look on the other side and, you know, UCLA is playing Florida state, Sydney Cheryl, the third baseman for Florida state is a sophomore saber cat, you know, she, and she's their senior captain. Alabama's got Montana Fouts and she's their best pitcher. Arizona's got a coach and Mike Andrea who is making his 24th trip to the women's college world series game. He's been the head coach for 36 years at Arizona. And, and then of course, you know, look at our, and he's side only of the been to 24 of them. 24 right, no, what's, 36. What's wrong? Hey, keep in mind, he missed two years to go coach the Olympic team, too. And by the way, they didn't go to the World Series in the two years that he missed. So, I mean, there's a lot of great stories in this. It's 
You know, it, it's a deep field, a lot of good players, a lot of teams that are peaking at the right time. Arizona's playing its best ball right now. Alabama's playing its best ball right now. I would argue Oklahoma's playing its best ball right now. Florida State, obviously, is playing its best ball right now. So not only do you have a very deep field, but, Ted, you have a lot of teams that are really playing their best when they need to. And I think it's going to make a fun, you know, what, what do we, we start on Thursday, we, we're done by Wednesday. So what, a fi- fun five or six days, I think, of college mm-hmm. softball. Okay, Plank, I am, I am planning on making some of the OU games throughout the week and, and hoping to go to the championship series. Uh, I fully anticipate them being in it next week. Give me some softball lingo that I okay. can throw out so that the people sitting around me think that, because I only watch OU softball, right? right. I mean, that's let, let's just be real here. Give me so, some phrases, something like okay. some, some knowledge where it's like, if someone hears me say it, they're like, that guy knows softball. Like he's a, okay. he's a true fan. He's not a poser. Let me give you a couple here. When you see someone try to steal a base, right? And you look up and you see someone stealing the base, jump up and go, she left early. She left early. Yeah. yeah th- there's one. I do um, that at T-ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you see someone that is slapping, right? Um, you know, Oklahoma has a couple of them. Nicole Mendez will do it. Jada Coleman or, gosh, Nicole Mendez, when you see someone that's slapping, you know, when they run up in the box and they hit it, that's called slapping. When they hit it, go, she's out of the box. She's out of the box. Her foot's on the line. I mean, uh, over the so line. You're, you're basically just telling me to bitch about the rules and yeah. that my bitching will show that I know the rules, so it'll make me seem like I'm a softball aficionado. Ding, ding, I love ding. this. Um, you, you know how hey. good I am at bitching. Come on. <laughs> Start saying, like, watch the riser. You know, watch the, the rise, watch the rise, watch lay the off riser. the rise, lay off the rise, lay off the rise. Because that's the thing in, in softball is, and it took me a while to get this, you know, there's still fastball and curveball, but you know, it's also, it's a rise and it's a drop ball. And, you know, if you lay off those pitches, you're going to have success. The hardest thing to do is lay off it because it looks like it's coming right down the middle. And next thing you know, it's a mile over your head. And I'll give you, um, I'll give you one more that would, um, that would probably, oh gosh, let's see, leaving early. Um, you know, I, I think more than anything else, it's it's very similar to baseball. But whenever you're in it as a fan, as you've learned, Gabe, you just have to cheer nonstop. So if you just start with a, and, and whatever their chant is, or, you know, you jump along with it, everyone's be like, all right, man, my guy is down with it right now. So, and that's the thing, because, they expend a lot of energy whenever it comes I, to the Gabe, people in the dugout. I fully expect you to start the "We need a pitcher, not a belly itcher." There you uh, go. Chant. There you go. Fully that might work that. out. That might work out pretty well. I said there. Oh, are, oh. There, are there some deep like we know some of the like the famous softball names, but what's right. some deep names that if they overhear Gabe talking Ooh, about? How, I did, how about this one, man? Uh, is that drop, she, she's looking like Kat Osterman out there tonight. There you go. That'll be good. That'll be very That'll good. Play. Cool. That'll play. That'll, That'll play. play. That'll play well. right? Um, yes. And, and then here's another thing is, let me, I'm trying to think of who gets dinged for this a lot. If Now, you're not going to the James Madison game. You're thinking like later. I'm thinking the big in, stuff. Okay, you're thinking the, the championship stuff. series. Uh, a fan favorite when it comes to Grinching about the umpires is if someone's pitching – 
and you think she's having an unfair amount of success, you can say, well, that's illegal. She's crow hopping. She's crow hopping. This is an illegal pitch. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 because they'll think you know what you're talking about. And nobody really knows because, honestly, every He's pitch basically is- jumping off the ground, Blue. What right, are we exactly. doing? She's got to maintain it. contact with the rubber. Let's go. Um, because in, basically every pitch is an illegal pitch is what I've come to find out based I, on what the fans say. I agree. I'm, I'm kind of – there seems to be a, a real gray area there on the pitches yep. because it's like I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, you know, she's all the way out of the circle by the time she lets go of right. that ball. But, yep. hey, yep. Yep. start and, a crow and, hop chant, Gabe. There's another chant. And, and let me see. I was going to give you a couple of other names that you could drop that people would be like, whoa, oh, my gosh, that's absolutely incredible. Um, you could say, oh, she's – this girl is dealing like um, Leah Miko. They'll be like, what, where did that just come from? Because she's an old Arizona star. I, I remember Jenny Finch. Jenny Finch is Jenny an Arizona Finch. star. Lisa you don't want Fernandez. to say that. They'll know you're a poser if you drop right. a Jenny Finch. Yeah, because Je- Jenny true. Finch, you know, she was she got really famous. Lisa Fernandez would be one that you could drop. People like, wow. I actually know who that is. So Lisa there we Fernandez? Go. There you yeah. go. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know what? I, I think I've just realized we can have a business here, boys. We can come up with a cheat sheet to give everyone that jumps on the softball bandwagon and we just sell these things. Well, really, any in, sport. We'll make yeah, any sport. for every sport. Basketball, baseball, and it's just like, hey, here's what you need to know about the Sooners, and it's a it's little laminated flip It's honestly what I make myself is a bunch of cheat sheets for, for pretty much everything. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this, Plank. Love it. Um, Jocelyn Allo uh, wins the award. She's what? She's tied her own single-season record, right? That's right, her and Lowe. Let's say OU wins a title. Where is she going to fall kind of in the – like, what's her legacy? Is she going to be known as as one of the best ever? Is is her legacy going to be that big? I know Lauren Chamberlain's situation – like, she had some loud home runs. You know, what she had that walk-off. You know, she's had some – some big moments. Is she going to be thought of like a Lauren Chamberlain? You think? I think so. Um, I think, I think She's, Lauren's good. I'm sorry. Well, isn't uh, Jocelyn's also, she just kind of quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a different she, personality. It's a, yeah. It that's what I was gonna say. And that factors in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the funny thing is, I think Jocelyn's becoming more comfortable in being that spokesperson. Now remember she has another year. So oh she, shit! Oh, yeah. she does. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's got another year, and uh, she she's made it very clear that she's coming back next year. And I think you know, I again, I, I'm a Jocelyn Homer. Her family's great. Her dad's awesome. Her grandma uh, comes to all the. They travel from Hawaii to get here. Her mom, her little sister, is a slugger who we need to start recruiting now. Um, but it's just she's starting to get more comfortable in that role. And I don't know if it's a situation where Jocelyn has realized, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. Or if it's just, you know, she realizes, you know, some players, real, the, the end is near, right? She maybe has a year or a year and a half or how good their opportunity is to win a championship. I'll share, share this story. So on Saturday of the regional, we were leaving my, um, 
my, my, my daughters were dropped off to me because I was on dad duty, which is fine. So they were dropped off to me. They came and we were breaking down the radio equipment. As we were walking out, you know, you're saying bye to all the players. Jocelyn legitimately stops my daughters and just talks to them. I mean, just, oh, my gosh, you girls are getting so big. I see on your dad's Instagram. How's it going? Are you playing? And, I mean, I don't think and, – and it's not that she's mean by any stretch. I don't think Jossie is comfortable in doing that in years past. Now, it's like, hey, okay, this is this playing. This is his daughter's, and I'm an ambassador for not just the sport of softball. I'm an, advanced, an ambassador for the University of Oklahoma. And I got to admit, when we walked away, you know, it, it made a – impact on my daughters you know i'm i mean shoot what do i know i'm a i'm I'm a dude that grew up with his dad telling him to rub dirt on it and go back in there and play Mm -hmm. you know now you know my daughters have someone that they can look up to and it's wow jocelyn i will talk to me so i think she's really getting comfortable in being a, a a rock star and ted i don't i mean i don't know if i answered your question or not but i i think that she's got a chance to be and she will be remembered as one of the all time greats now does she want a ring or two to go with it Absolutely. And I think this is one of their best chances. And let's not forget, you know, Oklahoma graduates only three players off this team. You know, they graduate Juarez, Mendez, and Sale. And you might say that's two of their three pitchers, but they're bringing in the number one recruit in the country as a pitcher in Jordan Ball out of Nebraska. So there's a really good chance this team could go into next year as the number one, regardless of what happens in this uh, postseason. Plank, you're the man. How That's can, a lot of softball. <laughs> hell yeah, it is. It's softball time in the state of Oklahoma. Oh, That's right. Okay, how can how can people listen to you? Where are you going to be? When are you going to be there? All right. Um, so this is the first year that Westwood One is doing all the games. So that's really cool. But just on the local front, you can hear us on the Sooner Radio Network. Um, I think um, the flagship is carrying us all weekend long, so that's great. We'll be on the air tomorrow, 1045 pregame. Our today whenever you're consuming this 11 a.m with the first pitch so that early session no conspiracy theory here sooner fans they alternate where the one seed plays every other year so the sooners were the one in 2019 and played prime time they're the one in 21 so they play in the morning and then westwood one how you know however you consume westwood one i mean espn u84 is going to have all the games so you um as one of my friends once said, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit where so- college softball is right now. Um, it's going to be everywhere. And I'm really excited about being on the, on the call for Westwood. I don't know the analogy. It never made I sense. Love it either. Stupid right. phrase. I what? know exactly, but it just swing stayed a with dead me cat. What kind of psycho was doing that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's a lot um, of psychos out there. There's people that are beating dead horses for some reason. That's true. Exactly. And there's people that put their milk in before their cereal. And they were also skinning the cats at one point when that that's right. phrase was re- acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, gosh, I didn't even think about how unacceptable skinning a cat truly is right now. More than that's, what? Uh, I don't know how that was ever acceptable, Plake. How is how is swinging a dead cat acceptable anyway you can find us on espnu channel 84 it's a free preview weekend so all the games are gonna be on it should be fun man and um oh by the way i got aaron miller with me this weekend so i have one someone really smart on uh softball and our our goal is just you know all weekend long to go out gabe and uh hit him with the high that's what the goal is this whole weekend long so we'll do it nice all right plank can't wait man uh good luck have a good call Thanks, man. I appreciate all the time you gave, and I can't wait to see you out there, Gabe. Our man Plank is dialed in when it comes to it. softball, man. I mean, he is he's amazing. 
He is amazing. The amount of stuff that dude can fit in his brain is incredible. It is. And you know as well as I do that he's going to be up until 3 a.m., okay? And then he's probably got a show that he's doing, a national radio show from like 3 to 6, and then he'll probably do his local show, and then he'll go call that game. Absolute machine, but this is awesome. And for him to be there calling this action, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun uh, World Series. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. It's going to be great. Can't wait to go to some of the games. We're back, baby. Let's go. Okay, let's get to our winners and losers. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And make sure you connect with our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts can buy diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or lower energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who is your winner of the week? Well, I think it's hard not to go with Trey Young, Norman Product. Uh, he's been amazing this year, and he's come on so fast early in his career. I thought he was going to do well, but he's exceeded expectations. He's taken over this uh, Atlanta Hawks team. He's been fantastic, and he closes out the Knicks with 36, high score in the game. He's been fantastic. I love what he's done. I honestly, I, I I'm, I'm kind of shocked by it, but I love it. It's he's been fantastic. He was awesome in that game. And the best part about Trey Young right now is he is taking his game to another level on as the stage gets bigger, right? Madison Square Garden has been rocking. Yeah. No, it's not full. I mean, it's not the craziest Madison Square Garden has ever been, but the Knicks haven't been to the playoffs in a long time, and that crowd was getting after him. I mean, absolutely. I mean, talking about his hair, talking about spitting on him, like all that stuff. And he just kept balling, kept making good plays. He took great care of the ball throughout the series. I mean, he really puts a dagger in that game with kind of a you know step to the side three and then bows to the crowd. My favorite thing other than him playing great basketball and it being really fun to watch has been how he has embraced being the villain in that building. 
that's good for basketball in my opinion. I, I, I think how much fun he has had with it. Like it has turned into a storyline. It's just been fun to watch, man. And I, I feel like we just need more of that. What's crazy is the kid's like 21 years old, you know, I mean, 21, 22. And could you imagine going to win a playoff series in Madison square garden at that age and just playing the basketball that he's, he's played over the last couple of years He's really matured. He's handled himself really well. They've got a fun, fun young team there that's that's doing some big things. I'm proud of him, man. And it's fun to watch, you know, his his dad Rayford right there and and, and watching his son play well. It's just it's a cool story, man. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's cool. It's always fun to watch the OU guys succeed, but man, I mean, he is he has taken it to another level. And Hey, I maybe the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks are feeling frisky. I, I know you look at Brooklyn. Uh, uh, the Brooklyn versus the Bucks is going to be, I mean, just ridiculous. But Hawks may be frisky. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to make it out of the East, but it's going to be a tough out. There's no doubt. Okay, who do you have as your loser of the week? Well, you mentioned the Nets. I did think about going with Thunder fans because. In my opinion, it's become abundantly clear that Thunder fans are going to have to watch James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin win a championship. It's happening this year. I don't think anyone can beat them. It's probably going to be a good series against Milwaukee. May, you know, It's a long ways until we're in the finals. Who knows what the West spits out, but I, I feel like that team's unstoppable. They're so fun to watch, and and they move that ball around, and they get scoring from so many different guys. So it's gonna it's it's gonna be cool, but it's also gonna be a little bit painful for Thunder fans. I also thought about going with Karens. It's been so unnecessary the slander that that name has gone through. Gabe, did you know that this year the lowest number of Karens were born in 2020? Of all time, ever, or at least since they've been recording it since 1927. How about this? In 1965, there was 33,000 Karens born. In 2020, 325. What? 325. Man, so are you? Did memes ruin ruin the name? Great name. Wow. I mean, so. I know, which here's an idea for parents out there. In a year or two, no one's going to remember this whole thing with Karens, maybe. So if you want, (laughs) everyone's always trying to name their kids something that no one else's name. Yeah. Maybe. If you want a unique name that no one else is going to have, Karen's your name. There's not going to be, because right now, you know, there's seven of every name in every kindergarten class, it seems like. There's not going to be another Karen in there. I assure you. So we're naming our son Cameron. That's my wife's maiden name. Mm -hmm. Simple. Going to call him Cam. Some of my wife's best friends are having babies at the same time as us, essentially, within a couple of months. And now they're all having girls. But our, our kid is basic ass Cam. And his best friends, like, because these are my wife's best friends, 
are going to be Lottie, Poppy, and Ruby. And then I've just got basic cam over here. So I, I don't know, man. There's going to be, there's going to be 10 poppies. There is, is poppy popular. I'm sure. Interesting. There's always a big, like it, it's a big fight to name your kid something that no one else has. And since everyone's doing that, they all land on the same couple of names. If they want to be unique, name your kid, Karen, your daughter, Karen. Uh, but I, I cannot resist, Gabe. I had to settle on LeBron. I told you. The guy, he can't get out of his own way. He just can't. Do I care that he left the bench early? No, not really. But it's just one questionable thing after another. It looks so bad when you're the leader of a team you're getting absolutely destroyed and you leave the bench uh, instead of sitting there coaching up some of the younger guys or whoever's in there. The, he just can't get out of his own way. And maybe it's that I, yes, search for every little thing, but I don't know. Just be normal once, please. Is that too much to ask? To his defense, maybe he had to take a poop. Yeah, that is true. That's the, I mean, but he didn't seem like he was in that much of a hurry and it didn't appear. And he I'm not saying I looked out of there. I, it didn't appear the cheeks were clenched. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, that was weird. It was weird. But I mean, they got absolutely dismantled by the Suns. Here's the thing. Do you think he's just really upset because he's like, Maybe he went back there to find some voodoo dust for Anthony Davis's groin, man. I don't, I don't know, but I, it's just—it's always one thing after another. You just contrast it with Chris Paul, who I don't know what he did to his shoulder. I thought he dislocated it the way he was carrying on, but you know he's there in a, like a little brace and he's coaching up the guys as they're coming off and he's engaged. I mean, that's what leaders do. They don't just bail when you're getting blown out by 30 points. And I'm sure that there's probably a legitimate reason, but I can also tell you that that reason could have waited. Yes. What he should just have done, what he should have done is walked over to Dennis Schroeder and slapped him and said, hit a damn shot because hit a shot. it just it shut me. I mean, Dennis Schroeder did not score in that game. Zero points. Hmm. I mean, what? That was a beat down. I was flipping around on, you know, between games and like watching some other stuff and reading some things. And I, I didn't watch the game for like, it seemed like about 20, 25 minutes of like real time had passed. And I flipped it back over and they hadn't scored. They were stuck on like 27 points for what seemed like an eternity. It was, that was crazy. LeBron scored 24. Their other four starters scored 11 points. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> so they're done. It, they, it does. It feels like that series. I don't know if LeBron, I'm not even sure LeBron, the way he can take a game over, if he can 
even solve this puzzle. Like he, he's one of the brilliant basketball minds we've ever seen play this game, but I'm not even sure he has what it takes because I mean, they're just, they're not getting much scoring from their bench. They got guys hurt. Like it's just, it, I will say this though, and maybe conspiracy theory, but I do feel like it had the, the feeling of like just a throwaway game, throwaway game. Yeah. Anthony Davis is, is still banged up. We're on the road. Um, we could either go out there since we're having these quick turnarounds, we could either go out there overexert our, ourselves, come up short and maybe set ourselves back for game six, or we could just go out there. If it doesn't happen early, throw in the towel, rest, uh, try and get our legs under, uh, under us and, and make game six, a uh, de facto game seven for us. Yeah. And then try and get the last one on the road. If yeah. you can. Yeah. Everyone knows game seven on the road whole lot of fun mm-hmm. <laughs> guys spring is here and you know what that means it is hard seltzer season baby and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast and that is will and wiley hard seltzer from coupe Works. it's perfect for any occasion we drink it by the pool at the lake and at the tailgate it's made in oklahoma and it is absolutely delicious will and wiley is customized for the oklahoma lifestyle go find it right now or right now in a store near you and go follow them on social media at at will and wiley if you're drinking some because of us tag them and let them know okay ted for my winner of the week thought about going with kirby smart because georgia is adding some dudes uh it gets announced that former clemson defensive back darian kendrick and all his offseason issue or off uh, off the field issues are coming to Georgia, as well as former LSU tied in and absolute stud, Eric Gilbert. Uh, both of those guys headed to play for Kirby Smart in the Dogs, and those are very, very talented football players. Yikes. I'm, I'm starting to look at that Clemson game early in the season and say that may line up a little bit better for Georgia than it does Clemson. Neutral site game. And I'm not saying that George is going to be better than Clemson next year. I'm just saying that I think because of some of the experience on their team that maybe first game out of the shoot maybe lines up a little bit better for Georgia than it does for Clemson. Yeah, no, I'm with you. If I had to bet money on that game, give me Georgia right now. Uh, also thought about going with Boston Celtics fans because they, they got what they wanted, right? It, it seemed like, the franchise was stuck a little bit, and a lot of fans were screaming and yelling that change needed to happen, and oh, my God, did it ever. Danny Ainge retires. Brad Stevens, at the age of 44, is like, yeah, eh, coaching, I'm good. I'll, I'll just slide in. I'll take the old promotion, become the president of basketball operations. Dad, I think Celtics fans thought the change may be like Marcus Smart getting traded or something like that, and maybe getting someone in free agency. I'm not sure this is what they had in mind. It's brutal. And uh, I think Danny Ainge has done an unbelievable job there. Uh, He's done great. They've had some bad luck on a couple of things, but he's made some really good draft picks, really good trades. Uh, Brad Stevens, really good coach. You know, they've had a couple of things that didn't work out for him, but this is one of those things where, it was going pretty well for him, and I, I, I don't, 
I don't have a good feeling about this change for the Celtics. That's what I'll say. Well, it, it seems like a lot of people think that Brad Stevens will actually do better in a front office role because like building the relationships with the players and like having the personality in the locker room, I guess is, I know this may shock some people. Is it his strong suit? I guess, but he is, everyone talks about just how brilliant he is when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe it's what they need, but yeah, it's a whole lot of change. And yeah, oh, Danny age is going to be in pain. Remember, because remember that trade, with the with the uh, Nets, and now the Nets are probably going to win it all this year, and he's sitting there going, I mean, really? Really? Yeah. So, and they did knock him out. Gentleman sweep. And I, that just sent Danny Age over the edge, I guess. But my winner of the week is OU golfer Logan McAllister. Now, I know they didn't win the national championship. Uh, they finish as runner-up. Behind Pepperdine, congrats to Pepperdine on playing some really good golf the last couple of days. And national runner-up ain't so bad. Uh, Ryan Hibble's got things rolling there for OU golf. But I'm sure Logan McAllister is sad about the team coming up short. And uh, I'm sure he wanted a national championship really, really badly. But, Ted, how mad can you really be when you hit two holes in one hole in ones holes in one hole in ones hole in ones holes in one two, two you hit you hit two holes in one in one two holes in one right i think so i think i think so but he did like two holes in one in like 3 days so how mad can our man really be i mean i mean how mad can he be it's pretty amazing. And to do it on the biggest stage uh, at the biggest moment. Now, obviously, it would have been nice, uh, the bonus to cap it all off with the championship. And I'm sure he'd trade those for the championship. But that still is awesome. That's It's really incredible to be able to do that. And I thought whenever it happened, it was because, you know, they got off to a bit of a slow start. And then he buried it. And it was like, okay, this is going to be the turnaround kind of that they need. And they just couldn't get those putts to drop, man. It was, it was, uh, it was a rough day. Yeah. Brywell came back and won. That was, that was sweet. He repped the visor very well and, you know, didn't play his best golf and was able to get it done. But man, just, I, I felt for rebound, man. Whew. I mean, yeah. sometimes. Hey, sometimes the train comes off the tracks, no matter what sport you're playing. And it was just, it was weird to see for a guy that's been co- so consistent for so long. And he started to make a run around the turn and, and start to play some better golf. And uh, I think it was Highsmith that he was uh, matched yeah, with, Rod paired with. And, you know, it looked like maybe he was r- a little rattled, had missed a couple of short putts. And then. It, it fell apart. Uh, I think he hit one in the creek, and then he backed that up with a, a, a drive off the off the grid, so to speak. So, yeah, it kind of fell apart on But, gosh, I thought he was going to make a run at it. Yeah, I just golf's, – golf's insane. I mean, it's insane. It, it is an insane game. Probably the most surprising thing for me was what happened to Cummins. I mean, yeah. I did not – I did not see that coming. I mean, I, I just really didn't. And for that kid from Pepperdine, I think it was like Mao, or I think that's kind of how you said it. 
for him to say, Hey, I want to be the anchor. Like I, that's the matchup I want. And then to go get it done. Hey man, tip of the cap to that kid. He played some damn good golf, but that was, that was surprising for me. I was like, all right, the pride of weather deferred America is going to come through win this team a championship and credit the kid from Pepperdine. He was, he was yeah. nails. It's tough. It's man. I, he'd been so ice cold was money yesterday with that. Um, was so good to get 17. them there. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't enough. It's okay. Um, they'll bounce back. They'll have another nice group of, of guys that are going to be there, but yeah, I know he probably wanted to, to go out on top for sure. Yeah. The, the Lorenz kid, the freshman, I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I think, yeah. uh, I think he's, he's going to be making some noise over the last couple of years. I, I do wish that McAllister's match against the kid from Pepperdine who was wearing those goofy socks with the weird, with the long hair. I wish, I wish they would have gotten to finish. I wanted to see the end of that one. Cause that was fun to watch, man. What do you make of those weird bucket hats that the, the Pepperdine guys were wearing? I, I mean, the lefty, the Highsmith kid, I wanted to clown on him, but he was awesome. So I was like, well, I get it. It's a, it's over 100 degrees out there. It's probably the best option to keep cool, to stay shaded. But you can't look – you should not look like that when you're playing a sport at a high level. You can't do it. Anytime. The only thing he was missing was like the white zinc nose. So – it's interesting that you mentioned that. Anytime I see someone that's good golfing in a bucket hat, I'm either like, at some point, they were a football coach, so they understand the glory of the bucket hat, and they're attached to it. Or number two, there is some sort of history of skin cancer in their family. Yeah, Those are my two thoughts, where it's like, okay, we're staying away from the sun for good reason, or football guy, bucket hat guy, you know? Yeah, well, that is a fair point. I, it just has a dorky look, but if you've got a legitimate reason, I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah. Sorry. OU golf, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Great season. Nothing to be ashamed of. And congrats to uh, Logan McAllister on the holes in one holes in one, two holes in one, two holes. Yes. Two holes in one. Got it. Nailed it. All right. For my loser of the week, thought about going, with John Shire. Now he he is going to be the next head basketball coach at Duke, which is pretty sweet, but he is going to have a front row seat to the coach K farewell tour. And that is going to be so exhausting for all of us. And I can only imagine how exhausting it will be for John Shire before he takes over. He's just like, okay, man. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, we get it. You won a lot of games. You won five titles. This is great, but okay. Yeah. Get out of my chair. Is there any uh, conspiracy theory? Hell yes. Let's go. Don't you find it weird that so far, other than uh, Bill Self, all of the coaches that were linked to that Adidas situation are falling off one after another? Okay, but my my rebuttal would be Duke is Nike, not Adidas. Yeah, but but same same. There but was the Zion thing, the Zion thing, and 
I don't know whether Duke knew about it or what exactly was going on there, but it, it's Duke's crazy know, if they didn't pay Zion. I mean, you, you better pay that guy. He was awesome. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that it, it almost feels like bow out before I get tarnished a little bit. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not like it's anything new and people didn't know that this type of stuff was happening out there, but I, I can't think of a worse coach to, um, to fill in for, to fall in line after it's going to well, be terrible. Uh, and he yeah. may, he's probably going to make about a 10th of what, uh, coach K did. Doesn't he make like 11 or $12 million a year? Something insane like it's a that. A lot of money. Yeah. It's like here, we'll give you a million dollars, go have a couple of bad years and then we'll hire who we really want to. I think people that cover Duke basketball closely will be excited. They'll be excited to have a coach that will answer their questions and not be like, Hey, what's your major? Well, what's your major? Remember that? <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, it's so rude. Uh, well that he it's, it's a good, it's a great job. I mean, people would kill for that job, but not right now. Just not at this moment. Yeah. Uh, I also thought about going with people that enjoy their personal space because it was announced that the Texas State Fair will be back this year for OU Texas. Teddy, we had we had a little a little breath of fresh air last year. Yeah, there was there was place to move. There's all kinds of room for activities. Traffic, it's, you could leave the game in a timely manner. It's gone, gone forever. Never to be seen again. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm happy. I can't wait to see that mob of people. But yeah, if you value your personal space, that's a, that's a rough scene. Yeah. That's going to be, you know, the way this year started off, it, it feels like we've been stuck in early March temperature wise forever. But I don't care what's happening in the early fall. I can assure you that um, it was probably going to be nice that day. But now that there's going to be, 200,000 people on the premises, it's going to be 110. Absolutely. But my loser of the week is Nikola Jokic because Dame Lillard puts together one of the more unbelievable playoff performances I've seen. 55 points on 24 shots and just some absolutely ridiculous shot making in clutch moments. It was, I believe Kevin Durant called it a spiritual experience on Twitter. It's, it's the most, one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Only to end with a teammate missing a dunk and a guy stepping out of bounds. It was so unsatisfying. Yeah, we, uh, we certainly didn't get the payoff. But the reason Jokic is my loser of the week is because Dame did that. But the Trailblazers lost. I mean, the Nuggets won the game, and Jokic's team won, and he was amazing. And I'm not sure people realize how good he is. In that game alone, had 38, 11, and 9 assists, and some of the passes he had were absolutely ridiculous. Like, I don't know how he sees some of the things that he sees, I just I, I don't know why Jokic 
doesn't get more love. I, 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 I'm not sure I understand. And this is a guy that's about to be the NBA. He's about to be the NBA MVP. But LeBron got more attention for going to the locker room early yeah. than, than Jokic gets for completely dominating a game. I, I don't know if it's because he's a big man or because he's really goofy looking or it's because he's Serbian or what. I, I don't Plays in Denver. Plays in Denver. I, I guess there's a lot of things working against him, but his game is so weird in the best way, and it's so different to watch. I don't know why people don't give him more love. We've got all these things in the NBA going on right now, and we're watching the MVP dominate a series, and I feel like no one's talking about it. Have you ever heard my my way to really test if someone is a superstar? I don't believe so. It's really easy. It, it, it really doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't matter what discipline, like whatever – Whatever you're in, if you're an actor, uh, whatever it is, the test is this. And it's, it's more so, it works better with sports, but my wife does not watch sports at all. No, I, no idea what's happening when it comes to sports. If she knows your name, you're a superstar. Because that's like, it's the ultimate test. Someone that has nothing to do with the sport, doesn't know it, doesn't watch it, but knows who you are, you're a superstar. If she doesn't know you, you are not a superstar. And there is zero chance, zero chance that she knows who Jokic is. Interesting. That's it a works nice... out. It, it, it holds water. There's a bunch of great players but they're not a superstar if my wife doesn't know who they are. To this be a superstar, like a, you have to have some, like you gotta ha- you gotta hit that level of fame to where even people that don't watch your sport know who you are. This sounds like a fantastic segment for a pod in July, where we're like, we just read her names. We're like, okay, a superstar. Tell me what you know. Nothing. Mm, he's out of the superstar hey, pile. Isn't he that one guy that used to? It's always the way she knows him is usually who they've dated. That's usually how it works. Well, people report on who superstars are dating, Ted. That's true. So I did not I did not anticipate this this episode ending that way, but I I think that's good. <laughs> episode 117 so, in the hey, books. Uh, to, to anyone out there, if if you're having a conversation with someone, an argument on whether or not somebody's a superstar, tweet it at us and I'll run it. I'll run it through the gauntlet. See what happens. I'll give you a definitive answer. Superstar or not. That's the official ruling. Superstar mm-hmm. or not. Ask Teddy's wife. That uh, You're going to regret putting that out there. Probably. <laughs> probably. Okay. We'll have a new podcast. that will drop Monday morning. Just a reminder. You can hear Teddy from two to six on sports talk, 1400. You can hear me on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each
just one more time.